It's time for the Afternoon Drive. Good afternoon, everybody. This is another edition of Welcome to Afternoon Drive. I'm Freddie Jackson. Jason Sheehan. And this is where you get the hard inside facts about the world of sports, guests, commentary, predictions, and a lot more. And uh, today, our uh, featured guest will be Mr. Steve Coulter, former NBA point guard. Uh, It's going to be a hot topic talking to him. And uh, our main topic of discussion today is top NBA players who never won a championship, Jason. What do you think about that, man? There's a lot of them, a lot of good players out yeah. there. I know uh, some of our listeners will probably have some in mind, too. By the mm-hmm. way, you can give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line at 384-1450. That's 384-1450. Let us know who you have as uh, some of the guys who have never won an NBA championship, some of the best ones. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jason uh, does a uh, – one of my favorite segments is uh, 343 Sports Stories of the Day. Uh, what you got, uh, J- uh, Jason? Well, last week I said we were going to keep it all pretty clean, all positive <laughs> stories, and I think we did a good job with you that. You found some? Well, you know, this week I've, <laughs> y- y- the big story, one of the big stories, of course, was, uh, again, we go back to A-Rod getting hit. Mm-hmm. By Ryan Dempster. I saw that. You saw it? Yeah, I saw that. Man. You know, it's. I think there's a lot of people that really... Want to. Look, <laughs> it finally happened. Uh-huh. Somebody was going to hit him. Yeah. I, and I don't, you know, part of me says, good, he got hit and got hit hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of throwing at people. I've never right. understood that. It uh-huh. is a 90, 95 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. That is an object. If you've have you ever been hit by a baseball? Oh yeah, that's why I don't. It's play. not that's fun, why right? We're playing, man. Yeah. It's not fun to get hit by a baseball. <laughs> no. And some of these, I mean, most of these guys can control it. They hit you in the back. You move to first base. You go mm-hmm. on. I mean, I don't care. You get hit by that ball. That was that yeah. was about a ninety-four mile per fastball. Yeah. Up and in, and it was a three-zero count. The first three, he couldn't hit him. Right, right. And he tried. So, <laughs> a lot of big talk on that. What's your What's your thoughts there, Freddie? Well. He, he was going to get hit ultimately anyway. It was just a matter of what pitcher was going to do it. And it happened to be a uh, pitcher from the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> and they hate each other anyway. So uh, was that a reason to get A-Rod? What I've, the, the other part of the story that I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that Dempster uh, several years back, mm-hmm. he had a uh, some kind of function and he invited A-Rod. Okay. to it and he okay. pretty much stood him up a rod didn't show up and okay. go figure i mean he, okay. he didn't do that and so there's uh, no love lost there okay and so he had made mention that uh, this was going to happen uh-huh. and of course uh, yeah he he probably should be suspended i, I yeah. think he should you you throw four times he should have been ejected from the game mm-hmm. I, I think he should have been out of that game uh, four times and in, in the umpire they just dropped the ball on that one so i don't have a problem with girardi being upset uh I have a hard time believing that he's never ordered one of his pitchers uh-huh. to throw at another guy. <laughs> uh, but Well, yeah. we, we got to give it to CeCe. CeCe didn't uh, throw at any batters the rest of the game. So uh, he he was smart for not doing that. Well, I what's think. what's the story there, though? I mean, let's think about this for a second. Okay. Why didn't he – okay, retaliate. so it's early in the game, yeah. second inning. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he retaliate? Did he, is it because A-Rod probably has about three or four friends in this world and, and not many on his team? I mean, is that why? Or is it because, hey, we're in a 
pennant race mm-hmm. and we don't want to mess anything up putting a guy on or whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, I that I don't look, you get a chance to retaliate. You wait till there's two outs, nobody on, you hit a guy in the bottom of the lineup, boom, you go on and you move from there. And you're even. So I I, I would love the underlying story there. I'd really like to find out what it is. I mean, everybody can uh-huh. speculate. Look, A-Rod just is not well-liked from yeah. people on his team, from people in baseball. People like me, I just wish A-Rod go away. Well, Please. He will. He will. Go away. I'm season, tired of yeah. hearing about him. I want to hear about the good guys in baseball. Yeah. And he is a, he's a stain. Him and Ryan Braun, yeah. those guys are just a stain on baseball. Go away. Let's don't hear about it. Well, that's going to happen. But he is batting, two, I think, mm-hmm. 279, 280. And uh, he's uh, filling a void mm-hmm. at the third base spot that the Yankees were – certainly hurting at so mm-hmm. but going back to cc if mm-hmm. cc had a retaliated he would have been thrown out of the game as well so uh he mm-hmm. didn't retaliate yeah. i personally think that was good strategy uh, on his part yeah he would have been thrown in the out. game because mm-hmm. he would have been thrown out as well but anyway that's our uh conversation about a-rod for this week the uh next week i would be probably something else <laughs> no more a-rod next week <laughs> let's do that Let, let's let's do that no nothing Is about the A-Rod season next week. ending next week <laughs> no we'll probably have to say something <laughs> a little football news okay. michael vick named okay. the starter of the eagles oh, trevor right. big eagles fan with the uh, right. yeah i don't know how happy he'd be with that but mm-hmm. uh, vick had a pretty solid preseason yeah. looked like he ran that offense well and yeah. Uh, I looked at a couple of his numbers. He averaged about mm-hmm. double the amount of yards per yeah. possession, I think, than Nick, Nick Foles. Foles right. Look, I'm sorry. I can't. I, look, it's got to be Michael Vick over Nick Foles. Yeah. I, I think this this is the player that can can really help this team. And, it, hey, look, it's they had a down year last year, mm-hmm. bad year. Mm-hmm. They're in a division where any one of these four teams right. can win it from Dallas, Washington, New York. Yeah. I mean, I could go to 30 different people and find – Mm-hmm. Several different answers mm-hmm. as to who's going to win it. It'd be pretty even. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, Michael Vick is the starter. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Uh, can he hold on to the ball? Uh, will the offensive line hold up? So those mm-hmm. are some big questions going into uh, the new season for the Eagles. So we'll see. A little bit. Uh, the last thing on the three-for-three three segment. Little Louisville recruiting news. Been uh, we got some visits set up. We've got Trey Lyles coming in, and uh, it's been said that James Blackman is going to join him. Mm-hmm. I think on the twenty or the thirty-first, those two guys are going to be in here, and then uh, four-star recruit Jalen Johnson, six-nine power forward out of Michigan, mm-hmm. is going to be here on the twentieth. So a lot of big recruiting news coming up. This is about the time some of the guys will sign in the fall. I think it's exciting if you're a Louisville fan, some of the guys that they're after. Uh, the other kid, Shaquan Aaron, played in a pro-am event out in Seattle. He's, he he's from that Seattle. That. Yeah. He's from that Seattle pipeline. This mm-hmm. kid's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, okay. 175, so not real big. Okay. Kind of a Reggie Miller clone, maybe. Mm-hmm. Puts up 22 points on Jeff Green. Oh, get out of here. In this pro am. Now, (laughs) I wasn't there. I didn't see any highlights, so I don't know how much defense was being played. But look, if you're a 17 year old kid and you're playing an NBA guy, (laughs) Uh there's still a little pride there if you're Jeff Green saying, okay, this kid's lighting me up. Uh Yeah, I got to do something here. Okay. So for for Louisville fans out there, that's got to be exciting. I think he's going to move up. They just moved him in one of these services to a five star player. Mm hmm. 
um, for this coming up uh, up year. So a lot of excitement there. Well, just being uh, on the court uh-huh. with those names. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, uh, that's impressive. I think I Jamal Crawford was out there. Yeah, okay. Kevin Durant. Yeah. He guarded him. Uh, uh, I think it was a, a week or a few days ago he guarded him. can't remember what it was. Well, he, so was, was, trying about to, that. he was trying to guard him. Yeah, trying. You don't you don't guard Kevin Durant. You just you just hope and pray that he doesn't show up. Yeah. That would be that would be a nightmare. And again, just so my Kentucky fans out there know that the reason I don't say anything about Kentucky recruiting is Kentucky's gonna get who they want. I I was just scrolling down the uh-huh. ESPN one fifty and uh-huh. out of the top five players, I mean there are five or six that haven't signed, uh-huh. they've got Kentucky mentioned so from okafer to tyus jones i mean trey lyles is being recruited Uh by both louisville and kentucky so i think you're not going to hear anything about guys that sign with them too early because you don't know who's going to be back Mm -hmm. there's too many guys off this team that Mm -hmm. it was dakari johnson going to be back i mean Mm -hmm. we we pretty much assume that the harrisons will probably go pro Mm -hmm. Uh, julius randall is a beast he'll go pro Mm -hmm. i don't i mean i would sit here and Say that's that's going to be certain, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, but who comes back? Yeah, that determines who they're going to get. I think. Right. Well, both programs are going to be a powerhouse this year. So, anyway, our topic uh, for today. Uh, thanks for that three for three, uh, Jason. That was really interesting. Our main topic today is uh, top NBA players who have never won a championship. And believe it or not, there's a, quite a few of them that were really, really solid uh, all-star players that uh, never won a NBA championship. A uh, couple of mine is uh, one of my favorite players, Chris Webber. Of course, uh, from the Fab Five, uh, number one pick in the uh, 1993 draft, uh from the Orlando Magic, but he was traded to the Warriors on draft day for uh, Penny Hardaway. Ain't that something? And he was uh, the rookie of the year for 1994. Uh, he was in a couple of finals with the Kings in 02 and the Pistons in 07. Chris Webber never won an NBA championship. Uh, Steve Nash. Two-time MVP, currently with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Right now, he's around 15,000 points, 10,000 assists, done over 800 steals. uh, But never won a championship as yet. He's one of those, I I always find it just amazing about a guy like him because if you're out on the playground and Steve Nash walks up, Mm He's probably going to be the last guy picked. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't yeah. look like a ball player. Yeah. Not really the height or anything. You're thinking yeah. this guy, I mean, he's he's a, he loves the game of soccer. That's probably what I'd pick him for. Mm-hmm. Not basketball, but the things he can do. And, and a great shooter. I mean, one of the big yeah. things about him, 90% free throw shooter, mm-hmm. 50% three-point shooting, and then yeah. 50% field goal shooting. That's an amazing statistic right there. And he's, he's played with some ballers in his mm-hmm. day. Um you know, Nowinski, he played mm-hmm. with him. Uh, that's probably where he would have gotten a championship if he could have stayed in Dallas a little bit longer. Uh, Mari Stoudemire, he played with him. Mm-hmm. Played with Shaq. Uh, 
So there's been some good ballers, uh, but no championship for Steve Nash is yet. Uh, maybe the upcoming season with the Lakers, huh? <laughs> uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> He'll be holding it for a while there. Who you got, Jason? You know, whenever I think about this, the number one guy that comes to my mind, it's a guy that's in my era, is Charles Barkley. Okay. Barkley, uh, just one of my favorite players in mm-hmm. terms of watching him play, a guy that you, you look at him like Nash did a whole lot with it's six foot four. Power forward, mm-hmm. and the guy averages double-digit rebounds, and he just had a motor. And if he came down the lane on a fast break, you didn't take a charge from him. And he got close, got close when uh, Phoenix played played Jordan and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But that he's in that era again, and it's going to be like a couple of other guys that I'd mentioned in this same era, Stockton and Malone, mm-hmm. the Michael Jordan thing. Yeah. If Michael Jordan was not there, yeah. and Scottie Pippen, throw him in there, right. if they weren't there, you would have these guys. Barkley would have mm-hmm. probably had one. Mm-hmm. Malone and Stockton, I think, would have yeah. had one or two. Because they all played at a high level. And then the the other one that, that kind of this whole Jordan era, Hakeem Olajuwon took got two of them, of them yeah. took advantage. If he didn't go play baseball, mm-hmm. We'd probably be sitting here talking about Hakeem right. <laughs> not having one as the best player not uh-huh. to have one. Yeah, yeah. But Charles Barkley, uh, 1993 Most Valuable Player, uh, that was because uh, if, if it wasn't for that year, Michael would have won it three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, also known as Sir Charles in the Round Mound of Rebound, Charles Barkley. Never won an NBA championship. What about this one for you right here? Okay. Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. Okay. okay. Elgin Baylor went to the finals Several eight, time. eight, eight times, times and right. didn't win one. Mm-hmm. So he's the uh, he holds that record there. That's that's not a record I'd want to want to hold. But of course, he playing in the era of the Celtics mm-hmm. and all of their Hall of Famers. You've got five, six Hall of Famers on that team mm-hmm. every year. It's hard to beat a team like that. But Elgin Baylor, excellent ball player. I, I mean, incredible statistics, man. Uh, he played from 58 through 72. He was the 59 uh, rookie of the year. He averaged almost 25 points a game, 15 rebounds in his rookie year. Uh, he was an all-star MVP. He played 14 years in the NBA, uh, averaged 27 almost 28 points a game, 13.5 rebounds per game, mm-hmm. 11-time All-Star, and 10-time All-NBA. Elgin Baylor never won an NBA championship. Wow. Incredible. Uh, well, let's talk about Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller is uh, an interesting one. What I like yeah. about him, he was – Reggie's one of those guys I think that you you love to hate. Mm-hmm. If he's on your team, you love him. Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. you hate the guy. Oh yeah. I mean, he was easy to hate, right? Especially he, if you're Spike he, Lee. He the hates you because you're on the opposing team. Absolutely. But what I like about him, I actually have have liked him more after his career. I've I've gained more respect for this guy. I think he's a great announcer and everything. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really loved about him was he had a chance to go to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And had a chance to win some to, to go to do what Carl Malone tried to do mm-hmm. and try to win a title, mm-hmm. and he didn't do that. So yeah. I gained a lot of respect for him by not 
by not going just to get that uh, get that title. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break, take our first break of the day. Uh, by the way, if you haven't taken advantage of this, you play golf, ready? No, unfortunately. Okay, not. I try. Okay, I get out there and just just scratch around there pretty much. Okay. The 2013 Bluegrass Golf Tour card still available for fifty dollars. It's now on clearance, fifty bucks. Only available at shop21live.com. Eighteen holes of golf, six fantastic golf courses. Play Indian Springs, Maywood, the Bull, and Lexington, and three other beautiful Kentucky courses. This is what I like right here. It includes both the greens fees and the cart. Huge deal. Get it at shop21live.com or call 502-964-2121 and get yours today. We'll be right back on the Afternoon Drive. I'm Jason. I'm Freddie. We'll see you in a few. I don't want no coffee or tea. Just me and my good buddy Wiser. That's all I ever need because I drink alone. Yeah. We are back after our short intermission. This is Afternoon Drive. I'm Freddie Jackson and Jason Sheehan. Great music, by the way, to bring us back on, Dave. I like that. By the way, our sponsor today is Raymond James Financial Service. They can assist with uh, retirement savings, assets, IRAs, and more. Simplify your financial life. Contact financial advisor Edwin Fox at 896 0084, that's 896-0084. Raymond James Financial Services. Give Edwin Fox a call. He will hook you up. And uh, our special guest today we're going to be talking with shortly is Steve Coulter, former point guard uh, NBA. We want to talk about his career and some of the guys that he played with. Uh, but we're going to finish up on our main topic today, top NBA players who never won a NBA championship. Uh, Dan Issel. What you got on him? Well, of course, a local guy. Yeah. And 27,000-plus points combined in the ABA and the NBA. I think anytime you get over Mm 20,000, it's big time. You get 27,000 points. Fantastic (laughs) player, and most Kentucky fans will remember his battles with in college mm-hmm. with uh, Pistol Pete, another mm-hmm. guy on this list that never won an NBA championship. Yeah. So those two guys are kind of intertwined. You're talking 50, 60 points mm-hmm. when they played each other game. I mean, these yeah. are incredible statistics. Yeah. The guy could put the ball in the basket. Well, let's make note he did win one in the ABA. Got the Kentucky Colonels? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is did. true. No NBA championship, yeah. but yeah. He did one, yeah. And with that breath, we might as well mention artist Gilmore never won an NBA championship, but here again, he did win one in the NBA. So Vince Carter, currently playing uh, 
but doesn't have a championship as yet. Yeah, Vince was a, a big solid, solid NBA player. I mean, I just don't – he's not one of my guys that I think uh, – he's, he's been a great guy to watch. Yeah. Very athletic, dunking and so forth, but he's not a guy that I think is going to win a uh, a championship. I don't, I don't see that happen unless he joins somebody else. Three guys that kind of – I combine these guys and fit them in the same mode here. Mm-hmm. You've got Dominique Wilkins, mm-hmm. George Gervin, and Bernard King. Three guys that could, can put we say, the put up. the ball in the hoop? Oh, yeah. Sure enough. And never won the NBA championship. It's incredible, man. I mean, the list goes on and on. And by the way, if any of our listening audience has uh, someone that we have possibly missed, and there are plenty, uh, 384-1450, give us a call and let us know. I got to throw Patrick Ewing in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't go with this without him. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Good topic. Lots of uh, NBA players that never won a championship. Our special guest today, and uh, I'm pumped up for this, uh, is Mr. Steve Coulter, former uh, point guard, uh, NBA. Uh, And it's going to be interesting when you find out who are some of the players that he uh, played with. Steve, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Great, man. And I want to let everybody know as well that Steve and I are, are related. Uh, Steve is my nephew. Absolutely. Uh, through his mom, which is my uh, half-sister. Right. How's she doing today, man? She's doing well. Great. She's doing well. She was asked that I was coming on. All right. Give my regards, man. I'll do it. Steve, let's uh, start from the beginning with you. Uh, where did it all start with you in terms of how did you get interested in basketball? And uh, how well, did it take off for you? Okay. I um born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Um, according to my father and my older brothers, I'm the youngest of four, an older sister and two older brothers. Uh, I started playing basketball at four years old. Okay. Uh, learned how to do a left-hand layup. I'm a right-hand player, but learned how to do a left-hand layup at age six. Okay. Um, my oldest brother, uh, Teddy, played 27 professional seasons over in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Wow. Um, wow. And from, from my understanding, when I went to visit him, um, I spent some time with this kid and this kid has a picture of me holding him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Come to find out that kid's name was Mono Ginobili. Wow. Yeah. So, Incredible, um, man. yeah, grew up here, played a uh, junior high school, high school Uh and then got an academic and athletic scholarship to go and play at uh, New Mexico state university uh, where I played there four years, got an undergrad in psychology and then was drafted to the Portland trailblazers in the second round of the 1984 draft. And that night, uh, this is uh, Jason, by the way, the 1984 draft, of course you were the most significant pick of that draft, right? (laughs) You had just a couple of guys up at the top that were pretty good. Just a few. (laughs) <laughs> just a few. Just, just, I mean, just a few. I mean, you got Olajuwon, Jordan, Barkley, and Stockton, all top 50 players. What was that? And that was, if I'm correct in this, that was the first year that David Stern was commissioner. Am I correct in that? That was absolutely the first year that ha- David Stern was a commissioner. How was that whole experience? I mean, getting drafted, you, you had a great senior season at New Mexico State, averaging over 19 points a game. What was that experience like getting drafted? 
Well, I think it, it for me at least it was uh, something that I somewhat expected, only because here in Phoenix, um, I play. I grew up at a park called Harmon Park, and the Harlem Globetrotters used that as their practice facility. So at any given time, we saw any number of NBA former NBA ball players coming through this park as well as professional football players, baseball players that thought they had a basketball game with them. So um, as I grew up, I, I got a chance to play against guys like Rudy White, who played for the Houston Rockets but grew up here in Phoenix, Lionel Hollins, who just finished coaching Memphis mm -hmm. for the Grizzlies. Um, I, my own, when I started playing, brought Michael Jordan here and Charles Barkley and Moses and a number of other guys that I played with just so they can see where I grew up playing. Mm -hmm. So – you know, growing up, Byron Scott, who played at ASU, Alton Lister, um, that, that that list goes on. They had, I think, five number one draft picks. Um, Byron, senior year, Fat Lever, it's mm -hmm. just a number of guys okay. that um, I grew up playing against. So it was pretty much expected. Great, great. Some, so, so you went to the Trailblazers, uh, second pick. Uh, what was that experience like playing for them? Um, it, it, it was good. It was initially a little bit different because I come from a system where we ran our tails off mm -hmm. and coming into a system with Jack Ramsey, um, he was a bit more deliberate in what he wanted to run. And so I had to sit and kind of learn behind Darnell Valentine, who was a mm -hmm. heck of a point guard in the right. league. Uh -huh. Um, and Darnell kept telling me that Steve, you gotta, you gotta be patient. This is how coach wants it done. Uh, this is what we're going to do. Eventually, you're going to be starting that whole thing. But it but it took a second okay. to kind of reel me in, I would say, because I had a guy playing next to me named Clyde Drexler, who was all, wow. also sitting on the bench. And Clyde was like, Stevie, how come we're not running more? And I'm like, well, you <laughs> oh. know, I'm being told we got to be patient. We got to, mm -hmm. you know, those type things. So um, getting there was, was a great time for me. Playing there was even better uh -huh. because I got a feel for what the league was like. Um, got to run into a number of Hall of Fame players as well as coaches mm -hmm. um, who who thought I had enough to, to possibly become a coach someday. Oh, okay. What do you tell? We're in an era, Freddie and I have talked about this a couple of times on our show, but we've, we're in an era in college basketball of the one-and-dones, and it's big around here with the University of Kentucky and the number of one-and-done players that they have. Right. What is your advice, if, if a young man comes to you that has the talent, what's your advice to them on how to be successful in the NBA, and not only in the NBA, but after the NBA? I, I think what's most important, and this is something that I got a chance to say to Kevin Garnett when he was trying to wait to see if he had passed his SATs and some other things, um, you, you get an opportunity to go play. There's nothing wrong with getting a $10 million Lloyds of London umbrella policy mm -hmm. to cover you just in case you get injured. But the fact of the matter is you still have, have to grow up as a young man. So they are not prepared socially for what's going to occur in the national basketball association. And in deference to some guys who may have gone through, um, there are so many more who have not, and that have had such a tough time when the lights go out. Because it's okay to be there when the lights are on and the popcorn's popping and mm -hmm. you're, you're making jumpers, you're guarding guys, you're, you're the next best thing. But in the interim, what is going on with you establishing yourself as a person, as possibly a husband, 
a father, mm-hmm. um, a guy who can pass down some advice to some younger guys. So for those guys that are one and done, um, what I would say more than anything else is that you're going to get shoveled a ton of money that you've never seen before, that you're not accustomed to having. And because of that, you have to make sure that you take it a step at a time and go as slow as feasibly possible so that you'll know and understand the ins and outs of the business of basketball because it is, in fact, a business. What does the NBA do in that situation? Just kind of follow up on that. What's the NBA do with this when you've got a 19-year-old kid and all of a sudden you are with this, I mean, you get this big amount of money, what does the NBA do to help that young man out? Because I know it, look, at 18, 19 years old, I'd love to have that much money, but I wouldn't know the first thing to do with it. Absolutely. Um, there, there are now classes that these young men go through, and they're pretty extensive, especially in the last, I would say, about five years. Um, the NBA has done a bang-up job, and that's, that's certainly due to uh, David Stern, uh, Adam Silver, some of those guys who said, you know what, um, guys losing tons and tons of money, this is ha- happening way too often. But if you're noticing, those guys who are losing that money have already been in the league for a little bit. Uh, the younger guys are now required, they're mandated to go through these classes that will give them some financial help. Uh, some actually take finance classes. I mean, I did that when I got drafted, mm-hmm. but that was not on the advice of, of anyone in the league. I was on the advice of my father. Okay. Um, but it, it was probably one of the smartest things he ever told me. Uh, when I played, I, I socked away a great deal of money. And, and because of that, um, I'm comfortable now. I can do those things that I choose to do, not necessarily those things that I have to do. So the league has a policy in place where they sit these young men down. They go through these various classes. They talk about what it means to be an NBA ball player and what it means to invest as well as to save your money because it's not a necessity to have seven cars. It's only one of you. You know, there's not a necessity Mm -hmm. um, when you first get in to go buy six, seven, eight houses for Mm -hmm. six, seven, eight people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's, that's not what it's about. As you get into, I think your third, uh, if you're lucky and your fourth contract, Mm -hmm. then you can start making some decisions on um, who do I really need to help? When I first came out, um, I, I refurbished our church. I took care of my mom and my dad. Um, and then after that, all the rest of the money went in the bank. Okay. And I lived for the most part as I did uh, prior to being drafted. Okay. Great, man. You you uh, played with the Bulls with the great Michael Jordan. What was that Absolutely. experience like, man? Tell us something about that. Well, believe it or not, Michael and I had known each other for quite a little bit prior to that. We were at the 84 Olympic trials together where um, he made the squad. I I did not, along with Charles Barkley and a lot of other guys that didn't. Uh-huh. But um, we've known each other for some time. We knew each other prior to playing with the Bulls. He actually, according to me, mm-hmm. and, and don't write this down as gospel, <laughs> okay. but according to me, okay. and just in a personal conversation, mm-hmm. uh, he was responsible for the trade for me leaving Portland to come to Chicago. Oh, okay. um, and, and when I got there, I was not extremely fond of not Chicago, but the system mm-hmm. that they had there because we had just kind of turned a corner in Portland where Jack Ramsey kind of took the reins off and said, okay, I'm going to let you guys run. Well, that was 
pretty much hog heaven for me because that's how I grew up doing it. And at various times, Coach Ramsey would say, we're going to let you guys trap. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, when you move to the Midwest and certainly to the East, it's a slower uh, game that you're going to be playing. You're going to have some opportunities to run, but not nearly enough. Um, And at that time, um, we knew that our plays were going to be Michael left, Michael right, Michael up the middle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, Uh and, you know, prior to playing with Chicago, I was on a team where, uh, we had Jim Paxson, John Paxson's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Clyde Drexler on one side. We had wow. Kiki Vandeway on the other side. Wow. We had Sam Bowie when he was healthy. We had Michael Thompson who won a championship with the Lakers. We yeah. had Kenny Carr. We had a nice Ballers. set. We had Jerome Kersey. We had a very nice set of players uh, that can go out and go get it. Well, when I got to Chicago, and this is no slight on the players that were on that team, because in order to get to the league, you got to be pretty decent. Um, but they traded away Juwan Oldham, who at the time was uh, second in the league in block shots. Um, I was expecting him to be there. Uh, they traded they traded away uh, Orlando Warich, mm-hmm. who was just a monster. Yeah, and I was expecting him to be there. Yeah. Um, they brought in, uh, according to them, no, 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 Steve, we got a seven footer coming. Um, I said, is he going to be able to do the things? that Juwan Oldham is doing. Oh, absolutely. And don't worry because you still got Dave Corzine. And Cor was a heck of a ball player, but Cor was already in his probably mid to late thirties. Mm-hmm. So he was only going to give you a few minutes. Um, they brought in Brad Sellers. Brad out only outweighed me by maybe 15 pounds <laughs> and he's seven foot and he yeah. loved to shoot threes. He was very mm-hmm. proficient at shooting threes, but in my era, you can grab a guy, you can punch a guy in the mouth, you can throw a guy in the stands, you can do all of those things. So to put him on the block and say, hey, you got to stop Patrick Ewing tonight, my thought process was, okay, Steve, this is going to be a season of double teaming. Hey, Steve, we got to take, every, a, break. Every, we gotta take okay. a break and we're going to come back to uh, continue that conversation, okay? Uh, today's bet. sponsor, by the way, is Raymond James Financial Service. They can assist with retirement savings, assets, IRAs, and more. Simplify your life. Contact financial advisor Edwin Fox at 896-0084. That's 896-0084. Raymond James Financial Services. Tell you a story about the house run blue. I come home one Friday, had to tell the landlady I done lost my job. She said that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. All right, welcome back. We're into our final segment of Afternoon Drive. Uh with Freddie Jackson and Jason Sheehan. And our uh guest uh here today is uh former NBA point guard Steve Coulter, my nephew, matter of fact. Steve, you had a uh, successful NBA career. You played with the Blazers, the Bulls, the Sixers, 
Washington, Sacramento. Uh, you played in Cleveland. Uh, you played played in CBA and over in Croatia. Uh, how did all that prepare you for life after basketball? Well, I, I think that um, what occurs is that you see that you're playing a sport, but it is in fact a business mm -hmm. that as, as an owner, uh, they're looking for what could best fit their particular corporation at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as a player or a product, you want to make sure that you're capable of doing more than one thing. And so for me coming into the league, um, everyone knew that I could defend, um, Coming out of college, everyone knew I could score. But what I made sure to get across is that as a point guard, that I could lead. And okay. some people say that was a blessing. Some people say it was a curse because I, I was, I was kind of easily tradable because I could modify my game to fit whatever situation I was going into. Okay. And so, you know, that, that's a good thing. But in certain, certain instances, it's, it's not such a good thing. Because if a team offers you up, there's another team that's going to say, oh, heck yeah, we'll take him. Steve, what, so uh, when, what are you doing okay. uh, today? You talk about life after basketball. What's going on with you today? Uh, what are you up to these days? Okay, what I, what I have just finished in March, I finished a master's degree in sport exercise psychology. Um, what I'm choosing to do with that is to go back to the league, um, work with a number of the young guys, on what they go through so far as going into a slump is concerned, oh. uh, the mental aspect of how you correct when it's not well, mm -hmm. those type things. Okay. Uh, a couple years ago, I uh, spoke with Commissioner Stern, and he was saying that uh, they don't have ex-ball players that are placed in that caliber now. They have guys that they'll have that will talk to them, but clinically I can tell them pretty much what's going on mm -hmm. as well as, you know, I played this game. I was in that situation. I played with um, seven, potentially nine Hall of Famers, and they've had the same issues that you had. You know, Michael Jordan went through a slump where he couldn't make a free throw to save his life. Mm -hmm. And based on who he is, you can't go and powder puff that with him and say, oh, come on, man, you're going to be fine. you you got to kick him in the butt and say, you leading this team or what? Mm -hmm. Because he accepts challenges. Okay. And after challenging him, then he almost didn't miss another free throw for the time that I was there. Mm -hmm. So um, that's some of the things that I'll be doing. Currently, I oversee four facilities for the City of Phoenix Parks and Recreation Department, uh, the city government. And we provide a number of different things for inner city families, as well as those that are looking for employment, uh, those that may have run afoul of the law and need to have some assistance so far as their court dates are concerned or okay. uh, community services concerned, mm -hmm. those type things. So that's that's potentially what keeps me busy okay. here along with my 16-year-old daughter. The last daughter we have that's still in the home, our 23-year-old uh -huh. is finished with a med degree in about six months. Our 22-year-old just started her master's studies at uh, Florida A&M University. Our oldest is at Howard University. Okay, fantastic, man. I am so proud of you, man. Well, I appreciate glad it. Glad to be your uncle. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be your nephew and, and can't wait to 
have you get here yes. so we can sit down and talk about some things. That's for sure. And, and Freddie said he loves the cold weather out there in uh, Phoenix. <laughs> it's only a, a, a real cool, I think, 109 today is what I looked at. Is it? <laughs> yes. yes, something like that. But, it, and, but it's and dry we, heat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to tell you, as we like to say here, it's a dry heat. There's not much humidity. So, yeah, yeah you can deal with that. All right. <laughs> Hey, see, we are running out of time, man. It has truly been a pleasure. Uh, wish we had more time. Uh, but thanks for being our guest today. And you know I'll be in touch. Gentlemen, the pleasure was mine. Uncle Fred, you take care of yourself. You guys got a slamming show. I've, I've live streamed it All a right. couple times. And, and you do what you do. And if you run into them before I call them, tell Sam Bowie I said what's up. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I sure will, man. Take care, see. <laughs> All right. You guys take care of yourself. All right. That was our special guest today, uh, Mr. Steve Coulter, uh, currently residing in Phoenix, Arizona. And that was a great conversation. He shared some uh, insight on a lot of good things. By the way, if you can't listen to us live, go to the 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Click on podcast. You can listen to every one of the shows on the 1450 lineup, uh, including this one right here. So if you missed this interview, great interview here with Steve Coulter, go there. Uh, it's hosted exclusively by LiveSportsCaster.com. And our guest next week, another exciting guest, Samaki Walker, is going to be our guest next week. So until then, I'm Freddie Jackson. And I'm Jason Sheehan. Yeah, Samaki, I'm looking forward to Samaki com- coming on. We He's uh, out in California right now. Okay. Good guy. All excited right. about that. Uh-huh. Had some great... Uh, Great things uh, that he did here at Louisville. I mean, some of our fans will mm-hmm. uh, will remember him. Oh, yeah. And uh, real excited about that right there. So that's next week. Yep, yep, that's uh, next week. And we've got, uh, what's the topic going to be next week? Oh, we're talking college football next week, too. Right, right. So, so we've got him, yeah. and we're going to talk a little college football. Mm-hmm. And uh, i tell you what, call in next week. Give us your picks. I mean, it's exciting things around here. Is it Alabama's world and everybody's living in it? <laughs> what chance does Louisville have? I mean, with this uh, extremely difficult schedule Louisville yeah, has. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're playing they're they're playing some tough ones. So uh until then, this is the afternoon drive with Freddie and Jason. Stay tuned. You got Trevor and Perrin coming up next. I've been walking all day. She said that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday come out in the rain And out the door I went So I go down the streets Down to my good friend's house As a look man I'm outdoors, you know Can I stay with you maybe a couple days? It's time for the Afternoon Drive. Welcome in, our number two Afternoon Drive. Trevor Kelsey, my man Perrin Johnson, styling and profiling in his suit and tie. 
and a police escort to get here as well because we you couldn't know, start the show on time without him. You know, you know that. You know the police escort is always here, LeBron style. You know how we do. <laughs> and of course, we're joined back today. He's back. He's he's landed. He's no longer nautical. Our man uh, DJ Yates on the board from his. Little four day family uh, houseboat trip. DJ, how was the uh, how was the sea? Did you have a police escort on the sea? <laughs> uh, no, there were no police escorts. Oh. It was uh, a great time out on the lake, though. Of the four days you were there, how many were you sober? Um, I mean, I was sober man, every stop day. Stop asking questions <laughs> that he doesn't need to answer, man. He can that's answer. That is a I government mean, question. Stop <laughs> asking government <laughs> questions. Um, I mean, I got I got relatively drunk the first night. Um, Man, stop snitching on yourself on the radio. Here's the thing. What are they going to do? Here's the rule, Perry, and I've I've told this to Yates already. If you don't want me to bring it up on the show, more than likely don't tell me about it because I keep no secrets from my fans. Yes, all five of you. I'm looking right at you. Hi, Mom. And I keep no secrets from anyone else. If he does, he can tell me, you know, hey, I don't want you to bring up the fact that I'm ditching work. You're one of those people. Secrets don't make friends. (laughs) (laughs) One of those people. So you had a good time with Yates. I'm proud. We're lucky to have you back. I'm glad you didn't uh, didn't sink or drown or hey, you, you know made what, it back Trevor, I just figured out who you were in school. Oh, Lord. You were that kid. I was, kid. Trevor, I was kind of a nerd. Trevor I'll be was that you. kid dry snitching on everybody. I didn't snitch <laughs> on nobody. No, no, Trevor, no, no. You were snitching on everybody. I'm not a snitch. I, I was weird. I didn't. I, I wouldn't say I was a complete nerd. You were cool in school because you played basketball. I no, know you, I wasn't. I was you, a dork that played basketball. No, you were not. Don't know, act I like was. you were Will Smith before he got cool and hitched. I was. I was. You were not that actually, character. That was me. That was kind of like a great. <laughs> yeah. That was a great example, actually. Uh, I was. I was a type of guy that I had friends, but I didn't and hang out with any like certain group of people you know i'd always i'd had friends in every little clique so to speak and then i always hung out kind of by myself so i'd get the rumors from everybody around nah, trevor you're uh, that guy behind the corner like i don't know <laughs> mrs mrs weber they were just back there throwing rocks i didn't see who broke the window <laughs> like, uh, a lot to get uh, into we're gonna talk to rob doster college basketball talk.com in the second segment uh, obviously, I want to talk about my parent, uh, Kentucky Hall of Fame, having some new inductees yes, announced uh, recently. Before we get into all that, let's move over to the Oxbow Fort Lincoln buzz line. My man, I haven't heard from him in a couple of days, and it's been a while. I miss him. The truth. Truth, how you been, sir? Well, how you doing, Trouble? You been doing any trouble? Uh, man, I am staying out of trouble, my friend. I, I have kept my nose clean. I am so glad that Kentucky finally going to put uh, uh, the greatest coach they had up for Tubby Smith, Tubby Smith in the Hall of Fame. That's a great thing they've done. Are you are you, are you surprised that, that they're putting him in despite the, uh, I guess, split decision on his popularity amongst the uh, Big Blue Nation? Well, yeah, I'm very surprised. But you can't uh, when you win a national championship, you can't take that away from him. So you got to do something. Now, how, uh, how? what he, you know, because you look at all the, you know, him and Joe B. Hall and. They uh they winning percentage about the same thing, so you know. The truth you, you, sound, with, you sound a little. You don't sound like your energetic self. Are you okay? You having a bad day? You, you, oh, are you at church? Well, you know, what, what's I with just, the uh, lack of energy? I know my Hoosiers. I I <laughs> uh, they've been quiet in Bloomington. They don't want to tell me no information. I my phone is not working for me, so I gotta. I got I don't know what's going on. You're I so don't want to. I don't like hearing about Louisville, Kentucky. I ain't heard nothing about Indiana in three weeks. <laughs> well, there's not much to talk about except for decommitments, unfortunately, involving Tom Green's staff. Uh, football-wise, we're going to be talking about them, though. And, of course, this Friday, uh, Truth, you know we're going to be bringing you all the coverage of Southern Indiana High School football. We'll have New Albany and Providence this Friday night. I got a sleeper in Kentucky. I want everybody to look out for 
uh, I hope a guy, there's a guy down here, he's a junior named Richard Carter. He's the real deal. Play for Henderson County. He's the real deal. Check him out. Okay, we're going to write that name down. Henderson County, Richard Carter. I got you, Truth. What else you got for me, my man? Oh, I ain't got nothing. I'm, I'm dry like a prune, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've usually, man, I'm, I'm telling you what, I pinched my nerve in my left side. I'm in pain, and I'm taking pain pills, and I ain't seeing it. But I'll be all right Monday when football season starts, so I'll be all right. You get- and the Steelers stunk up football yesterday, <laughs> so the truth just been getting hit all upside the head today. Well, Truth, don't don't take too many of the uh, of the PKs. Get to feeling better, and we can get you ready to jump up and down and excited. During Kevin Wilson's uh, first bowl season is coming up in IU. Okay, okay, y'all have a blessed day. Brother. You saved, true. That's true. They're always, always chiming in. He's a little more energetic, but sorry, right. we'll get him. Yeah, you can tell. Better. You can tell he's sounding under weather because normally he sounds like every. Normally he's very upbeat. He usually screams at me like, yeah. like I did something wrong. I don't know why. Yeah, he probably told, you probably told him a bad joke <laughs> or something. Uh, he did make up something I did want to bring up for Parent, and that is obviously the Kentucky Hall of Fame. They announced 2013 class. And included, obviously, Oliver Barnett, who may not be a lot of people probably don't remember, played football at Kentucky. He was actually very good at football at Kentucky. Uh, still holds the record for most sacks, I believe. Rex Chapman, Leslie Nichols, who, if you don't know who that is, that's okay. Most people don't. Uh, Orlando <laughs> oh, Tubby, that's okay. Orlando Tubby Smith, except for the Nichols family. Uh, Press Whelan, who uh, was tracking cut, rock, crack and cross country, as well as Jesse Whitten, who played men's tennis. So, obviously, the names stick out being Tubby Smith and Rex Chapman. And here's the thing. One, are you surprised that Tubby, not to be surprised he's getting in, but kind of as quickly as he is? Because I was more surprised that Rex Chapman wasn't in the Kentucky Hall of Fame at this point. Well, I mean, I'm not really. Rex Rex should should have been in a while, some people say. But then if you say Rex, there's so many other guys that haven't gotten in. Their their resumes are just as good or better than Rex's. You can make that argument. But Rex Chapman should have been, I mean, maybe then those guys should be put in too as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to discredit, obviously, and I apologize to the Nichols family if they're listening or or the Whelan family or the Witten family, you know, of other sports that no one notices. But, I mean, Rex Chapman was, I mean, I don't want to say a, a god in terms of, but he was somewhat godlike I mean, in, his, in basketball I in the late you. 80s. I mean, it was the guy that came from... You know, Apollo was yeah. huge, dominated Louisville as a freshman. And I hear you, but, I mean, with all that being said, Kentucky has a lot of guys that have played a lot of great basketball in that program that aren't in the Hall of Fame in that program. But how many are actually from the state of Kentucky as well? That's yeah, a lot kind of, of them are, too. That, too. Since, I mean, I, I, mean I, have to, I would have to go look at the list, but, I mean, I went over it one day with uh, my buddy uh, TJ Thomas uh, Beesner, and uh, yeah. there's a lot of guys that aren't on there that deserve to be in there. Tubby deserves to be in there. You know, everybody knocks Tubby for saying he won with Rick Pitino's players, but he still had to coach those guys through the season and guide them to a championship, which is not something that's easily done, especially when you have like a strong mind like Rick Pitino, and he comes in behind and has to get those guys to conform and listen to him. That is a very difficult task, and a lot of people don't get credit for that. You know, so Are you, you surprised he's so swiftly being put in? Because, I mean, let's be honest, uh, Tubby's the one coach in Kentucky lore that really, I mean, you can argue between a little bit, but can, Tubby's the one that's always completely split through BBN. You well, know, it's a, it's a two-way street when you look at Most Tubby. of them, they all don't like Eddie Sutton because of probation. They all don't like Gillespie. Uh, they all Eddie love Sutton, Calipari. Eddie Sutton's too old, and then a lot of the kids nowadays don't remember who Eddie Sutton is. That's true. But, and then there's Tubby Smith, who 
was split down the middle. I, Even for what he did, there was people still ask, didn't like him. You can ask thirty, you can ask thirty, forty people right now who where did Eddie Sutton coach at that he went to Oklahoma, where he left Kentucky and they couldn't tell you Oklahoma State. <laughs> they maybe, couldn't tell you. Very few could tell you he took Arkansas to a Final Four before that. They couldn't <laughs> tell you that his son Sean Sutton was the one that that had his chain taken by Sean Kemp and he got punched in the face. Uh, a lot now, of people don't know that. Story. Allegedly, there's no allegedly, truth to that. Anything that's alleged, <laughs> anything that's alleged is a bunch of crap. Like if a, that was if, a rumor a guy, I grew up listening if to. If a guy gets, is a guy is in trouble. For for a violation of team rules anywhere in college basketball. Everybody, oh, it was curfew. No, it had to be some type of drug. <laughs> it was either he was drunk as hell or he was smoking weed. I, w- I so. was, I think, nine years old when that I, I heard so. the uh, the chain rumor. I've heard somewhere where he for. From where he stole it from him to he won it from him in a poker game. Yeah, yeah. I've but heard anyways, every rumor yeah, beyond this. But with all that being that. said, when you think about it, Tubby had that that ten year time frame, and I'm not taking anything away from Tom Crean. Rick Bettino, John Calipari, Bill Self, you know Roy Williams, whoever. Yeah. When you look at Tubby when he was like a Tucky that ten year time frame, Tucky Tubby had the highest winning percentage of any coach in the country, and he was at Kentucky at a school like Kentucky. That's not a diff- That's not an easy thing to do. So you got to give credit when credits due. Now the problem is Kentucky fans didn't like the way Tubby recruited. They didn't think Tubby recruited a caliber of player that deserved to be at Kentucky. You can Even though look that. at the list of NBA players yeah, from his tenure, it's crazy. Has. Yeah, in my opinion, you could almost say he was a kind of a better evaluation of talent at some point, at some extent, because some of the guys that he got, those guys weren't pros. Chuck Hayes was not a pro, no. in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if Rajon was. He had great well, abilities. He was, yeah, was kind of more hype. But I mean, there's a lot of McDonald's All Americans that don't make it to the league. So I mean, you true, know, true. you know, you, when you look at the list of guys, Jody Meeks. Uh, I mean, you could, you could. As a Buki wasn't heavily recruited, no. as far as I remember. Oh, I mean, no. Bogans wasn't Prince were, but yeah. But I mean, wasn't. you know, so I mean, you could go down the list of guys that were, you know, that he recruited and got in there and that made pro athletes. I mean, but all the pros know that Tubby's system is not a system designed for guys to succeed in. That's why you see a lot of those guys go. Play for Tubby and then have greater success. Kind of, kind of similar the way Rick Pitino's built Louisville. We're going not going after the big name guy, but the guys that are still good but fit a system and can develop well, better in that system. I won't say that I, to I'll a degree, say, not uh, exactly. No, but. no, not that. Because the reason why is this: when you look at what John does, John kids always talk about. I want to learn what I can learn, play against the best, so I can get to the NBA. Yes. So they the basically, they're about. basically are talking about instant gratification. How many guys have you seen play for Coach Bettino and go be one and done? Very de- deserved. It should be one and no, done. No, no, that have been. I mean, ever. No, no. Exactly. I mean, Kids aren't worried about. But Tubby's and, the same way. He didn't and, have one and done either. But I'm saying, of course, of course, no, none of those guys did. But what I'm trying to say is, when you look at these guys, what Tubby, what what John Calipari, and the reason why he's so successful in getting a lot of these kids that are. One, two, three, four, five, one through ten as far as McDonald's All Americans and top tier talent. They know if they go to Kentucky and they put up great numbers and they kill it against practice against top tier talent, they can get drafted. So a lot of people say, Well, how come we don't get those guys to Louisville? Because those kids don't want to come to school and spend a lot of time in school because you have to learn a system. Just like when you go to the NBA, you have to learn every play. And that's why a lot of these young players go to the NBA and struggle because they don't know all the offense. So. And then Tubby did have McDonald's American seven McDonald's Americans ten years for Tubby. Not, not seven in ten years. Though? Yeah, not an eye blowing number. In fact, four of them, I believe, came in one class. So, which was the uh, I think the class that had Rondo, Cliff Hawkins, Rashad Cliff Hawkins, Cruz, yeah, that was it. Uh, Cruz, Morris, Robert Morris. Yes, yeah, so uh, that, that class was so four of the seven came in one. So more in the so last ten Randy, years. Talking about Randolph Morris, that was a different Randolph year. Morris. What did I say? Robert that was a different Morris. year though. Those <laughs> guys, Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, DJ. Yeah. Little hater, Freudian slip there for the Kentucky yeah, Big Randolph Blue Nation. Randolph Morris came in with a different class with Ray John. 
And the other Azabuki was an All American as well. Okay. So then you have what Rajon Azabuki, Bogans, I you believe, have Bogans, Prince. You have Tayshawn Prince, Rashard Caruth. You have Cliff Hawkins who played at Oak Hill. So that's six. So you're, we're missing one right now. Yeah, those still last two really worked out well. So, uh, but so that's still more than you've seen Patino in the last ten years. That's seven. Louisville hasn't had seven McDonald's All Americans in years. No, I mean, when you, what Samardo Samuels? Yeah. You, so then you have uh, Ma- uh, Siva. Yeah, Payne Siva, Shane Bahannon, Wayne Blackshear. Okay, that's three, four. Okay, um, well, <laughs> I can't think of, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, before that, you think back to Carlos Hurt, but he was, but he was Denny Crum. Yes, I mean, uh, I don't think Reese was. No, he I was mean, not. He was Denny Crum anyway. He was Denny Crum anyway, exactly. So, yeah, it was Carlos Hurt. So four and, in twelve years, opposed to I, seven I know, and I, ten I'm years. I'm sure we're missing some, though. I'm sure we're missing some on the Louisville <sighs> side. Don't. But I mean, in Rick Pitino's tenure, Sebastian Telfer would have been one who never showed up. Yeah, Usman Cisse, who would have been one who never showed up. James Lang would have been one who never showed up. So I mean, <laughs> that list is longer than the yes. ones that showed up. Yeah, Louisville <laughs> has more. Louisville has more McDonald's All American commitments that didn't show up than they did that came to Louisville. <laughs> that is very true. This, which is why I, I compared the two somewhat in terms of the way they've built. There and both have a national championship. Yes. Both have Final Fours under their belts. Yes. Uh, both uh, very, very somewhat similar. But I'm, I'm glad for Orlando, to, Orlando Tubby Smith to get into the Kentucky Hall of Fame. I'm kind of surprised it's quick as he did because of the the way he left and the turmoil that he had somewhat here while here, despite his success. But uh, props to them for uh, getting him in. We're going to take a break. Come back. Talk to Rob Doss for some college basketball information. Some schedules being released. As well as let's let's see if he's tired of talking about Marshall Henderson and uh, PJ Harrison like some other yeah, coaches are. Why even bring him up? Like, well, yeah. Marshall Henderson's in the news today. Nobody cares that he went back to school. That's not news. Is it news? No, Do you, it's does not he news. play again? Who cares? Like, wh- wh- he's he's not a great player. He's not going to play in the NBA. Like, who cares? You, you, so you don't care. I don't care. He he does he does not change what I eat. He doesn't make me defecate. You know, he doesn't make <laughs> me do anything. Four one four fourteen fifty text line. Do you care Marshall Henderson no, plays? No, nobody cares. My, and the paint is dried on my wall. Like, I, nobody cares. Hey. I'd, I'd rather know if Marshall Henderson makes them defecate. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, hey, paint drying is popular in Philadelphia. I'll ask you about that. Let me come back and talk to Rob Dostler, collegebasketballtalk.com. We'll return after and drive Outside and this, the beginning of this song is so sad. Like I just lost like ten shades of happiness out of my life. I'm just picturing a guy grabbing Wayne's guitar and saying, "Denied." No stairwell for you. <laughs> yes, yes. This is just really killed my vibe. You know they don't play stairwell heaven in concert. Uh, Clark uh, Plant and uh, Page when they do their tours. And why is that, sir? Uh, they refuse to play more since the death of John Bonham in 1980. Oh wow! I saw him in. <laughs> you sound so interested. I saw him. <laughs> 
Fascinating. You, just, you sound like I feel like I'm an actor's studio with you right now. I sound like you do. I sound like you do when I name somebody like Two Chains, pretty much. This is Led Zeppelin, though. Oh wow. <laughs> They're great. I like them. I mean, don't own anything that they make, but I've heard a couple songs. How's that oh, sound? Oh my lord. Uh, let's talk more forwardly. Give us line. Mr. Rob Doster, give me some excitement about us. Stay with Evan, buddy. What's going on, guys? Exactly. <laughs> for the radio. Uh, I need to hang out with older people. I swear I do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Trevor, hey, Trevor would be one of those guys that they would love at the retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bring all the municipal. That's why. <laughs> so, yeah, I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you, Rob. Do you watch Unforgettable that comes on Sundays on CBS? No, I don't. You need to get into I, it. I gotta man. try to limit what I watch on TV because I get addicted to shows, and you know, then I start binge watching them on Netflix, and then you know, all of a sudden I have like eighteen hours of stuff every week on my DVR. So I gotta do what I gotta do to try to limit it. Man, I'm telling you, you thank me later. Go watch Unforgiven, Unforgettable. It's a great show. On a side of TV, have you watched the new the show on Netflix original Orange is the New Black? I've had like five people tell me I need to watch it. Uh, Rob, any good? Uh, no, I haven't seen that, but you know the other one, House of Cards? I've heard good things about that, too. That? Well, you know. Yeah, I'm, there's going to be a character named after me in season two of that. My buddy is a writer for the show, and he was like, yeah, we needed to come up with original names that wouldn't get us sued. So <laughs> you, there's going to be a Senator Doster on the show, which got me thinking, like, I could probably sue him, right, for using my name. Like, why else would they need someone that couldn't get him sued? I'm more interested in why you haven't told me you ha- you have a friend that's a writer in television. Yeah. I want to talk to this guy. I love you, Rob, but dude, I move on. I'm going to move on. I want to meet this guy. Can you introduce me? I want to get on a writer. I want to get on Family Guy. Hey, I want to be an extra in the background, like holding <laughs> something. So just get me on the show. That's all. My my my. Hey, my humor you, falls straight in. Changes. You don't have the pop culture relevance to be writing about stuff in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you and amen. Uh, let's get straight into it. What are the chances of Chris Walker becoming eligible? It's looking like they're saying he's rolling in December, possibly. Is he going to be able to get his core classes up there so he can qualify and enroll in Florida as soon as possible? For, from what I've heard, he's at this point, he's waiting for the grades, and he's waiting to see if those grades will get through the NCAA's eligibility center. And, um, you know, he's not on the roster right now. He wasn't in class on the first day of classes in Florida, which I believe was yesterday. They have that ad drop period or wherever. So he can wait until uh, a week from today, I guess, to enroll this semester, I believe, is the way it goes. But at this point, it looks like he's probably going to have to wait until December to get eligible. Um, I don't think anyone knows anything definite right now. They're just they're waiting for all the uh, – everything to go through the system and all the red tape to get clear, but that might not happen in time for him to actually be eligible for the start of the season. But, you know, to be honest with you, that wouldn't be a huge loss for Florida. They have enough front court depth to withstand that with, you know, Patrick Young and Willie Gett and the two transfers and Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, DeMontre Harris. They they got enough up front. Um, I mean, a kid that's a top-10 recruit and, and a potential lottery pick, you obviously want him in the roster in the fold, but if they don't have them, it's not going to be a death blow to Florida's season. I'm talking to Rob Doster, college basketball talk.com, afternoon drive, 1450 Sports Buzz. Speaking of the SEC, Rob, they announced their full conference schedule today for upcoming season. Uh, any games on next year's schedule not involving UK and Florida that should make anybody care? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. 
Um, I think Tennessee plays Missouri a couple times. Florida plays Tennessee a couple times. Uh, Tennessee gives a game against Kentucky. You know, there's just not a lot of very good teams in in the SEC this year that's going to make a lot of it for intriguing matchups. The thing that I was mad about, man, was they're not sending Marshall Henderson back to Auburn and they're not sending him back to Florida this year. And you know, at this point, I think everyone's kind of assuming that um, Henderson is going to be back on the team by the end of the season. And you know, if you remember that that gif that made the rounds last january when henderson went over there and like was popping his 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 jersey oh, yeah. at the auburn or the gator chomp that he did in the sec tournament why why would you not send the most entertaining player in college basketball into the home arenas where he you know ran his mouth the most i just you know it, it's a waste a waste of an opportunity man i wanted to see that more than anything that's, that's what i was looking for the most to see that schedule come out was where is Marshall Henderson going to play this year? I think they figured they probably would have needed to use a uh, LeBron James to Jay-Z concert-like escort to get him out of there, and they just didn't have the, the time and effort to do so, so they figured they'd avoid it altogether. Outside of him <laughs> going back to Auburn, I could care less where he goes, man. I wanted, well, Florida I, was a good one, too, though, when he did the chomp to the fans. Man, when he was talking <laughs> smack to that old guy, and the old guy stood up like he wanted to fight, knowing he, he, wasn't, about, <laughs> knowing he wasn't about that life at all. That, that really made me happy, but outside of that, I mean, sometimes, like, I like to see that stuff, but I don't like to see it all the time from him. I mean, I like the kid. I know he can play, but sometimes it's just like, okay, you did that last week. Like, come on. So Yeah, he's, he's a little ridiculous, but that's that's part of the fun of it. It's just like you're like a little 6'1 white dude, and you're out here just running your mouth to everybody. And half the guys in the court could actually eat you if they wanted to. <laughs> yes. I think that's the best part about it to me. He's just—he's he, ridiculous and and he's over the top. And you know, I think he plays some of it up, and it's just fun to watch for me, man. Because college basketball needs a villain. They need somebody that everybody hates. And Marshall Henderson can play that role to perfection. And, and the best part about it is, you know, Ole Miss isn't going to be that good this year. They lost a lot of really important pieces off a team that wasn't really all that good last year. So. You know, if he's just a guy to, to watch, fire up a couple threes and run his mouth and do something silly and, and do something funny that's going to go viral. And beyond that, it, you know, he he's irrelevant. He's going to be irrelevant after this year anyways. He's not going to the NBA. So it's just it's a fun thing to watch, and I get a kick out of it, man. I get a laugh. You know, I, I watch way too much basketball not to laugh every once in a while. So I, I need some funny stuff in my life. I hope he gets a non-guaranteed tryout on somebody's training camp roster and then something works <laughs> out where he makes the team. Just to see him have that much money on his hands, I would just I would pay to watch that. Oh, no. He should have his own reality <laughs> no. show if he made the roster. He, he oh, does man. that, and we got another thirty on thirty happening. Like that was what he should have. He That's would. What the FCC's doing wrong. Is he got to get him a reality show? He would be like Chris Heron on HGH. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad to say. I would watch that on the SEC Network, the Marshall Henderson reality show, just fall no, Marshall around all no, year long. No, no. Oh, come on. That's better than will, anything on Lifetime you, you and A&E see, right now. There will be a violation every day. There will be like, <laughs> it'll be like Basketball Wives meets like Housewives in New Jersey. It'll be like, like, be like watching the Up and Smoke tour from back with Snoop and them again. Yes, they couldn't put ha- – I, I kind of – I feel like he would be Jesse from Breaking Bad. I feel like that's what he would be. Yeah, <laughs> so – Destiny from Breaking Bad with a jump shot. Yes, and you know what? On top of that, it would have to be on HBO because you couldn't put half yeah, of it on the air. So. <laughs> Moving forward, I want, you know, Bill Self has been talking about guys standing out at practice. And um, he said Wiggins has been extremely impressive, but he said Wayne Sheldon has stood out to him the most. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that. You know, he's got a lot of talented guys, but Wayne Sheldon, before he says Andrew Wiggins? 
Yeah, I think he's just trying to hype these guys up, and he's trying to get some of the tension off of just Wiggins, you know, because that's all that anybody is talking about right now with, with that Kansas team, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. And it makes sense. I mean, if this kid's going to end up being as good this year as the hype, he's going to be awesome. So I, I think it's fair that Self is trying to get some of his other guys' attention. And, you know, Wayne Selden, he's a good basketball player, man. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's like a big six foot four, six foot five, strong guy, attacks the rim. He's going to dunk on some people this year. And, you know, I, I don't think that – I think the best thing that could have happened to Wayne Selden this season is Andrew Wiggins showing up because that means that he doesn't have to carry the load. He would have been have to be the guy offensively for them, and I don't think he's good enough to do that. But I do think he's good enough to kind of be a second option and, and you know, be a guy that when, when defenses send two guys at Andrew Wiggins, he's going to make you pay. So I think he's going to end up having a big year this year. And, you know, I think it makes sense himself is hyping him up. And, you know, I, I think that Kansas team, they're, they're about as interesting as any team in the country to me this year just because I'm so intrigued to see what Bill Self is going to be able to do with a talent like Andrew Wiggins in the fold and, you know, with all those young guys and young pieces around him, he doesn't really have a point guard. There's still a lot of question marks there. Um, but, you know, if Perry Ellis can make that jump to be a, a, a threat at the four spot and Joel Embiid ends up being as good as, you know, the hype that he's kind of getting as a defensive presence in the piece, I think that's a really, really good basketball team considering they're going to have the best player in the country, you know, leading the way. So I, I'm really curious to see what happens with them this year. Talking to Rob Doucher, collegebasketballtalk.com. Rob, speaking of freshmen, should UK fans be worried? If not, when should they maybe begin to worry regarding eligibility of incoming freshman twins? Andrew and uh, Aaron Harrison as well as James Young. James Young just got cleared today. He just got cleared today. I didn't notice that. Okay. Well, they should be worried once, you know, people other than the guys on the message boards or the guys in KSR comment section start tweeting about it or, or posting about it. When you see a tweet from Jeff Goodman telling you to be worried about it, then, you know, then you might want to be concerned. But until then, it's just, you know, there's always going to be rumors about it. And there's a lot of guys that take a while to get cleared and, and, and through that whole eligibility process. So, you know, it, it, it might take a little bit of a while, but I, I'm I'm not really all that concerned about them getting eligible at this point. Because the way I look at it is that you're an eligible. No, you are eligible until somebody rule, rules you ineligible. That's a good point. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does, and it makes sense. The last week, Rob, uh, ESPN announced their game day schedule, and despite Louisville winning a national title, they still can't get the host one to the M Center. I don't understand that myself. But that aside, there are some good games, including Louisville going into UConn, UK hosting Florida, as always. Uh, what were some of the games when the schedule came out that have caught your attention and make you sit back and say, damn, I can't wait to watch that one? The the biggest one for me is going to be Kansas and Oklahoma State, and I believe that's at Gallagher Eva Arena, right? Yeah, yeah that's at Oklahoma State. In Oklahoma State, and you know about Oklahoma State's arena once they get good. That arena can get packed, and that arena can get crazy. And if those two teams end up being as good as they're supposed to be, you could end up having a situation where it's the two best teams in the Big 12, two top 10 teams in the country, and the two best players in the country squaring off and Marcus Smart and, and Andrew Wiggins. And just everything about that matchup just screams awesome to me. Um, I mean, Michigan-Michigan State is going to be really good as well. Just I think that's a, a budding rivalry. I don't think people realize how much those two fan bases hate each other. They they don't get along. It's it's not quite on the level of you know Kentucky and Louisville, but it. It's up there, and the fact that Michigan is now relevant in basketball on a national perspective is, is going to make that rivalry just take off, in my opinion. I cannot wait for that game. Because, again, that's 
Um, that's two top ten teams. And I think that ESPN did a really, really good job because if you actually go through and look at the schedule, they got, the, uh, I would say, probably the two best teams in each one of the conferences is squaring off. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, assuming that Arizona, Colorado ends up being the game for the Pac-12, I don't think that you could pick a bare game from any one of those conferences, excluding the A-10, because they picked that because it's at the Palestra. But if you look at those other games, you know, Duke and Syracuse, Florida at Kentucky, uh, North Carolina at Duke, you look at those games, and those are all teams that are going to be in contention to win their conferences. And those are games that are, that are going to be between top ten teams. And, you know, I, I could not be more excited for the season looking at that schedule. Yes, absolutely. I got to ask you this question. This has been bothering me all for a while because I feel like he's got some dirt on somebody. That's why he's able to keep his job for so long. <laughs> But after the season he had last year, Rick Barnes went 16 and 18 at Texas. And what are the chances he finishes the season still the coach at Texas, or even <laughs> next year? Because I mean, 16 and 18, he was three three of your top players. Is it possible that he's going to be able to keep his job? Man, I'll tell you what. When you're going into a year where your job might be on the line, the last thing that you want is just to be hemorrhaging players, and that's what they're doing. I don't know if you saw the news that came out today. But Texas lost another guy heading into next season. I'm going to try to say his name right. Giannis Papatru, uh, I think that's how you say it, signed with uh, Olympiakos, which is the Greek basketball club. Yes. That, remember when Josh Childress left uh, the NBA to go play in Europe? Yeah, they yeah. just won, they the, uh, like they won a Euro League. Million dollars or something like yeah, that. they won a Euro League championship. Club. Yeah, yeah and, and Giannis Papatru just signed with them. He was a kid. He was a freshman. He averaged like eight points and four boards last year, but he played really well for them down the stretch of the season. And he was one of the guys that you kind of looked at and said that he could be something that they could build around in the future. Now, he's gone. Mike Cabong was gone. Sheldon McClellan was gone. Julian Lewis is gone. There wasn't much talent on that team to begin with, and now you got Rick Barnes heading into arguably the most important. Not, it's not even arguably. He's heading into the most important season of his career as a basketball coach, and he has an ugly, ugly looking roster. So I, I'm, I'm really concerned about what's going to happen there. And to be honest with you, I'm really interested. Let, let, let's let's fast forward, and you know, next March, and say that Texas ends up going like five and thirteen in the Big Twelve. They, they finish with twelve wins on the season. Rick Barnes gets fired. Who do you think gets that job? Because I know who I like for it. Who, who do you think gets, gets that job? Shaka Smart. Nope. I'm, I'm drawing. I, I, I want to, I'm assuming you're thinking somebody in a local area. I would maybe assume, right? How about How about Buzz Williams? Ah, uh, you know, ah, uh, that that that's think, a yeah. Think about Buzz Williams with all his connections in Texas and how well he gets players yeah. to play. Imagine what he could do at the University of Texas. He's Bizarro I, Rick I, I Barnes. Think that would be, what was that? He's Bizarro Rick Barnes. He he brings the most yeah. out of the town, most town out of players, and Rick Barnes takes the least out of town to players. You know, I have to think about that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say him, or I'd say uh, maybe Josh Pasner. Yeah, but Josh Pasner can't coach. Right? <laughs> 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 he's the greatest cheerleader ever. He's so positive. I love it. He's so oh, he's positive. So, he's a younger Rick Barnes at this point, though. That's what he is. He's like getting Rick Barnes twenty years ago, and he has those stupid notepads <laughs> with the numbers on them, though. I do not. I don't like those. <laughs> the funniest story I've ever heard about Josh Pasner is one of the beat writers told me uh, during a game 
last year. He got mad about something and passed and was walking in front of like the press table and picked up the guy's computer and just threw it down. <laughs> <laughs> he, was walking by. he was so mad that he just smashed a beat writer's computer. The guy was like, what are you doing? Like, Smashed my laptop on the on the, the scores table. <laughs> Dino Rob Dawson. Rob, how great was it to see Pierre Pierce, who was once kicked off a team eight years ago in Iowa, to come back and beat them with a buzzer beater as they're making their tour around Europe? How how funny is that? That's awesome to me. They, Iowa had no idea that he was on that roster. <laughs> I, I don't know if the people listening know the background of that story, but Pierre Pierce is the, the guy that played for Iowa in the early 2000s that was accused of rape. He was accused of raping another student-athlete. And Steve Alford, when he was the coach of Iowa, went to bat for him and you know, came out to the media and was like, the, the girl's lying, he's innocent, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and if you don't know, Pierre Pierce ended up getting charged again uh, with sexual assault like two years later, and that all... Everything came to light when uh, Steve Alford was hired by UCLA and all this came back to bite him. Pierre Pierce was that guy. He's like public enemy number one in Iowa. And it turns out out of nowhere that he ends up being on the team that they scrimmage and he hits the game winner in Oakland. Yeah. I just, I think that is so funny. And, you know, I, I'm sure Iowa fans wouldn't agree, but I don't know how many Iowa fans are listening to Louisville right now. So I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I remember they said, uh, I remember when it happened because I was in school, they said he, uh, Got mad at the girl. The whole thing went down, and he, the last thing he did was he took the VCR, not the DVD player, the VCR. And you got to get Pierce Gray. He he went to the opposite Marshall Henderson. He was really really good about it on Twitter, saying you know I hope they have safe travels back. You know, good luck to them this season. If it had been Marshall Henderson, he'd been like, yeah, bite me, guys. Of course, of course, he, of course, you got to say the right thing. He was a credo. You know, it's a totally different, uh, totally different realm of the world with that. So yeah. Uh, Rob, we'll let you get out of here, man. I appreciate coming. Talk to you next week, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> always, always a pleasure. Rob Duster, CollegeBasketballTalk.com. Get out of here. Come back. Parent, I got to ask you, did Ryan Dempster get a fair shake on a five-game suspension for hitting A-Rod? Yeah, he hit him because he I hold the- your thoughts. We tease it, buddy. <laughs> we got to tease it. We don't want him to listen to it now then spend the whole uh, next segment defecating and not listening to you us. You know I have bad patience. <laughs> I have bad patience. We'll yes. come back. We'll get his answer for that and a lot more. We come back last segment after he drive 1450 Sports Buzz. How disappointed would you have been if this had turned out to be the Puff Daddy <laughs> song from Godzilla? You should have so done that. <laughs> Probably about as disappointed as I was when I watched Godzilla, more than likely. That movie think, was awful. I mean, that song's not obviously not great, but I think it gets more flack than it probably deserves. I mean, it's actually Jimmy Page playing guitar it on is. there. So. It is. You're right. And you know how I always uh, intertwine songs with movies. I, I, I For some reason, even the smallest scene in a movie... And when I hear this, the first thing that comes to my mind is Fast Times at Richmond High. 
And why it pops in my head is because I'll never forget Damone, if you've never seen Fast Times. Yes. Giving Ratner the uh, the three keys to dating. And his last is always play the B-side of Zeppelin 4. And if Yates knows Zeppelin as well as I assume he does, and he should know I know, this is off the Houses of the Holy album. And this is the song that's playing when he's driving home with the girl. I thought that was kind of a funny little twist where he tells him to do that, and then he doesn't even play a song off the same album. Plays the wrong wrong Zeppelin. Uh, Parents like I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Who's this Zeppelin you speak of? Are they full <laughs> of lead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Move on for the music and movie talk. Real I have quick. to ask you. Um, there's a story about um, basically for the past two months, Jamaican sprinters Asafa Powell, Veronica Campbell Brown, Cheryl Simpson, they've all been tested positive for banned substance. So basically, come to find out, uh, Renee Annie Shirley, who is the director, Hold of, on, Jamaican sprinters, can I name what substance they might have been caught using? <laughs> so, so no, this is this is our performance enhancing drugs. Oh, okay, okay, not contraband. Mind. Okay, never mind. So <laughs> now I have no clue. So, so now, uh, with all that being said, uh, there's a lot of these, a lot of the player, a lot of the Jamaican sprinters have been testing positive. So, but now they are shocked with the corruption and lack of resources that their quote unquote corporation has as far as corruption goes because these guys are so talented but they're being they're not being caught for sprinting so if their lack of testing is true do you think Usain Bolt will be a thing that comes up I don't know if his name will come up but I tell you what it makes me think about the movie Cool Runnings and wondering if they were really legitimate or not were they were they tested were, were they on PEDs is that why they were able to get John Candy into the into the Olympics those are the questions that come in my head when I think of Olympic Olympic sprinters so, and Jamaica cheating. So I got a question for you. You are a borderline <laughs> offensive tackle. You are borderline about to make the team. You're trying to stick in the league, right? Okay. You um they say you need to get stronger. And this is about you making a team or not making a team. Do you take PEDs? Uh if the question I guess you're asking me is if I know I'm not gonna get caught. No, I didn't ask you that. Okay, because if I know I'm not getting caught, probably, yeah. I'm probably taking them more than likely. I'm probably inserting them in or taking, swallowing them, what whatever. How what about you against them? the integrity in your children and trying to prove to them how to do things the right way and everything else? Listen, I, I tell them the same thing I, tell them, I would tell my kids and everything else I do in life. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay, because I can't really, I, of all the other things I've done through my lifetime, I don't think taking PDs to get an advantage would be any more of a different level of, of hypocrisy that I would teach my kids. I hear you. I agree with that. I can, but you know, so you I mean it's hard. It's funny because everybody in America is talking about A Rod. They're talking about all these guys and how they cheat yes. and they're saying all these bad things about them. Which brings up my question to you. Yes. Did Ryan Dempster get a five game suspension? Ironically, will miss maybe one start for yes. this. So I don't know how you can really, I don't know why when it's a pitcher, why not suspend him five starts? That makes no sense to me instead of five games. Did he get what he deserves for plunking A Rod? Well, Here's the problem with that. I didn't watch the Yankees game before that. I mean, the beginning of the game before that until he got yeah. hit, and I saw somebody tweet out, he got hit in the back. I wasn't uh, watching. I saw the highlights. Yeah. Of course, ESPN has not yet to stop talking about it. But. Yeah, so my thing is this. It wasn't like he threw it at his head. It wasn't like the first – was it the first pitch that he hit him with? Uh, I can't remember if it was first second. Yeah. It was the first at bat. I don't think so because I heard the count was 3-0, and oh, so I think – he had attempted to hit him three times previously <laughs> and, missed, and missed. So I gotta go. So I mean, that's what I need to see. I need to see the replay of the whole at bat, and then I could correctively answer that question. But if that was the case, if he threw at him three times and missed all three, I mean, four, <laughs> he threw at him four times. Better question: How do you three? miss the first three? Man, A Rob was out there like, if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Yeah. So that's what obviously what happened. So. 
Uh, I, be, is it a good sign? I mean, it, by not if if they don't suspend him, because it's clearly he was aiming at him. Yeah. I mean, if he's aiming the first three pitches at him, he's aiming the fourth at him. He said Adam Dempster. Yes. It, it does. It just, should he get his suspension though illegitimate to kind of warn off any other people doing the same thing to poor A Rod? Uh, you know, I think you got to give A Rod credit for credit for credits due for standing up for what's going on right now. That's what I do. I mean, he's taking a lashing and he deserves it because he paid the piper. One person we will never suspend for five days, and that's my man Nick Coffey. He's coming up next inside the press box. We'll be back tomorrow.